you're listening to The Bounding Box, where we talk about web development, geo-development, and everything in between. All right, welcome to The Bounding Box. And today I'm joined by a special guest, Megan Cope. So Megan, please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do, what you work on, and what your problem is. Hey, Renee, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Super appreciate it. So my name is Megan. I'm originally from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I went to school in North Carolina as well, the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. A funny story, I have two bachelors. They're both in archaeology, one in classical, one in historical, and then went on to get my degree and my master's in GIS remote sensing. And then a little further on in life, moved up here in New Jersey. And so that's kind of where I've been uh, ever since. <laughs> that's cool. I didn't know you had an archaeology background. That's awesome. That was the um, interest in GIS because of archaeology. Like you got into it at some point there. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So what was going on is we were doing these sites and, you know, doing excavations, which, by the way, I loved excavating. I loved archaeology. <laughs> so one day we're on the site and I'm pulling out some artifacts and uh, they bring in the total station to map in these points. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Can I try? And they're like, yeah, come on, you know, give it a go. So they let me work with the total station and map in these uh, pieces of pottery in our site. And then we take it back to the lab. And after putting those points from the total station into a software, I'm pretty sure it was Arc Desktop. Um, maybe it was AutoCAD. I was like, man, this is just brings everything full circle, bringing together like people out in the real world, their lives, and then mapping their lives and then seeing it on the computer and being able to collect data, make models, make maps. I was like, yeah, this is, this is it for me. So that's when I decided to, to pursue the GIS further and um, I have been enjoying it ever since. That's cool. I guess I never really thought about using jazz and archaeology. I guess that's one field that probably don't interact with people too much doing that, but it makes sense, right? If you're digging somewhere, you kind of want to lay out where you might find some stuff. And then from there, maybe estimate where you might find more stuff, I suppose. Right. Given certain exactly. conditions. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. So that's how you got into GIS. Um, I mean, from there, where, where do you work now uh, that you're working on? So right out of, well, before, like um, right out of college, I was hired with a private engineer company and I loved it. And then I was able to be a, like a subcontractor through NCDIT. So I was working in transportation data for the past, I don't know, was that maybe four years? And I just recently changed over into solar renewable energy. And let me tell you the difference in uh, workload and, and <laughs> like pace between going from something like government work to um, like private sector work. And I did that just to kind of for a change of, you know, everything. It's nice to just have a change of scenery once in a while. 
and just kind of put your skills to use in other ways and doing GIS and solar, like mapping out where potential solar sites could be, looking at wetlands, slope, like all the geotechnical things. It's really interesting just how it's needed mm-hmm. because before just going out there and putting um, maybe a, a site without doing any sort of background, just maybe like a preliminary walkthrough, it's I guess it was catastrophic when it got to development and construction and it's like <laughs> this was a terrible place to put a solar farm so oh wow and again i think that's what makes gis so incredible is that you can apply it to almost any sort of field that you are working in and it just amazes me that when people look at things like google maps when they're planning their vacations or they're doing research about where to buy their next home people are doing GIS and they just don't even know it and that's again one of my favorite things so I get to apply that once again to my work just kind of looking and being a detective trying to find the best sites for the company so yeah yeah, that's great. I guess it's so ingrained in like what people do these days, whether they're you know looking to buy a house, uh, determine where to send their kids to school, uh, just where to go shopping type of thing. You don't really think about it. That's all geographic stuff that gets applied to things. Exactly. I mean, you used to be able to bust out the old map book and kind of figure out where things go. And even then, that was kind of like, you know, you need no directions, get to an index page and stuff and work your way around. And uh mm-hmm. Now, you know, we're so used to just picking up our phones and doing it. We don't even think about it most of the time. No, it totally. And I think that's what makes it so up and coming. People are really starting to see like, okay, everything is so spatial and we need to know like where our data is and, you know, how to store the data. And it's just really becoming, I don't want to say trendy, but <laughs> people are really starting to notice the importance of spatial data i'm always surprised i um i work the booths a lot at like the esri user conference or developer summit i think mostly esri user conference i get some really interesting use cases of people doing things like um, mapping the brain for example and they they're they're using that there or um ocean floors is really cool and we see that quite a bit now um Mm -hmm. some deep ocean stuff and then geometric uh 3d um elements in the ocean right so they take a slice of an ocean area of the ocean and look at what's happening there i thought that was really cool i'm like wow that's neat i don't do that but that's very cool (laughs) no that mapping the brain i used to hang a lot in clubhouse and uh there was some really interesting people on there who were actively developing their theory of you know mapping the human brain Mm -hmm. and it just you want to talk about mind blowing yeah it was blowing. <laughs> like I, I have no clue how they make it all work custom uh coordinate systems and everything just to kind of get things flowing all these different connections and like that's awesome i don't know how i can help you but that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> now one of the other things i see that you um are interested in is drones right i've seen you post quite a bit of drones and i'm not sure if that's just from uh a class you're taking, you got a drone for some point, but let's talk about that. What what are you using your drones for? So um, my partner, Luis, he has a business here in New Jersey, 
And so he is really like my drone person, <laughs> but yeah. So I became interested in, interested using drones. I think back in working with the DOT um, for emergency response management. And so from there, you know, that was all I really did with it. And then moving here and seeing how he uses the drones. Now it's like, we just use drones for everything. So, you know, whether that's uh, mapping or 3D modeling, um, one of the drones that we have is the Agris T10, which is a huge spraying drone used for precision agriculture, oh. um, being able to do field prescriptions, kind of looking at the crop, um, whether that's just with some aerial imagery and then like um, thermal sensing and being able to make these prescriptions to see, okay, well, this part of my crop is dying or this part is really healthy and just being able to make prescription maps for you know where we can spray these chemicals to help the farmers just how to run their farm in a better and more efficient way and it's interesting because i think when it comes to drones and agriculture which is just my main interest with them i think they're really going to change the way we farm um, you know, I think the food crisis is going to be something that's going to have to be addressed here within the next couple years or so. And being able to change up how we make food and to just make more efficient ways of farming, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be super important. So I think by using the drones, it cuts back on human cost on air on gasoline for like the farm trucks and it's just another way to think about how we do something every day um with a little bit of help from the drones but yeah i did go and get my faa part 107 that test was brutal let me tell <laughs> you <laughs> oh wow the faa just wants to trick you <laughs> Mm -hmm. That's neat. So that, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I mean, because we hear, especially now, I'm hearing a lot about like you know, satellite imagery and um, how valuable all that is. But when you think about if you own a farm, um, you can't specifically ask for a satellite to do certain types of imagery over your farm. I mean, maybe you could, but I imagine the cost is probably be just outrageous for something like that. Um, yes. So imagine, yes. so getting some, so finding someone that can do it with drone imagery. And you get a highly detailed um, mapping of your property with the type of imagery you want. You know that that's super valuable. It is, and let me tell you something that I've learned since leaving um, my previous job is data is not easy to get. Mm -hmm. It is not easily accessible to the public. If you go out, and I think this is just, I don't know why this is such a problem. Maybe this is my problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> that finding aerial imagery is, good aerial imagery is hard. And when you can't find it, and when you find these sub, you know, contractors or these other companies that are willing to go out there and you know, either collect the data or you get it from the satellite, it is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Ridiculously expensive. 
And so I just don't understand why, you know, we have so many satellites and we have all these resources and I just don't understand why it's still so expensive. And maybe, maybe that'll come down as the market floods with drones and people are maybe deciding to go collect their own data. Yeah. Um, things like aerial imagery and even parcels, just getting parcel data. <laughs> parcel data is such a pain sometimes. Uh, I mean, all that data is supposed to be free, but there's nothing saying that they have to make it easy to get to. <laughs> right, and that's what I thought too. I thought, you know, all county parcel data was free and then like leaving the county, I'm like, no, it's not free. <laughs> and again, getting a company to get you that you know, POI data, it's, it's just expensive. And I think that's, you know, something that should be addressed within the community is why is the data so expensive? And why is the data yeah. so hard to get? So back when I did my uh, master's thesis, I did it on the city of industry, which is a, a city out here in Southern California that is pure industrial, almost, they have like a population of 80 of some sort. So I called and asked if I could get some mapping data, shapefiles, PDFs, anything. And they told mm -hmm. me, no, if you want to see the maps, you have to come into the office and you can look at our book. So I had to do that. I had to go down there and they gave me a book. I couldn't leave with it. They couldn't give me a copy of it. And I had to sit there and take pictures of everything I needed to use, which was interesting. And I was like, well, okay, I, I understand. <laughs> I was working at a county job at that point, but I, I didn't realize that some places made it that difficult to get data. <laughs> yes. No, I, and again, I understand why they, they make you do that, but just being, just having the access to get the data you want, it's, it's so challenging when people uh, say, okay, make me a map of this. <laughs> so much easier said than done, right? <laughs> exactly. So... <laughs> I also want to touch on the, I guess the first place I discovered you was on TikTok among the burgeoning GIS crowd on TikTok. <laughs> so what, what was your interest in that? And how do you find that that uh, platform works out for you in the community? So I think, again, as GIS becomes more popular and more mainstream, I think that I'm finding more students on TikTok. I get a lot of comments that are like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm getting, you know, a degree in environmental science with a minor in GIS, or I'm doing cartography and GIS. You know, do you have any advice? And I'm just now starting to get those comments. I don't know when I started doing TikTok, probably like in 2020. Um, but I was not getting mm -hmm. that comments at all. I wasn't getting <laughs> any comments, um, but I'm finding that it's picking up and I just don't know if it's the wider reach or if people are just becoming more interested in GIS, but I think it's important to be able to have a community. I think having a GIS community is incredibly important. Um, I feel like the strongest area of GIS communities are probably on Twitter and maybe LinkedIn. And I was like, why is that? Why is it just on these 
platforms that you, you know, maybe LinkedIn, because, okay, maybe we're just all very professional people and that's mm-hmm. where we share our work. And on Twitter, it's, you know, we're just kind of connected because we do the same thing. But being able to kind of post videos of how to, because I know when I was in school and I was trying to run like a geoprocessing tool and an arc map, like I'd be Googling on YouTube how to calculate slope or, (laughs) and, you know, the videos were just, you know, not quite out there. So I was like, well, I have some free time and this is what I like. And if maybe this can help one person with, you know, trying to solve a problem that they have, then that's great. And just being able to build that sense of community and because people who do GIS are incredibly interesting. Yeah. They come from a lot of different varied fields and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it, TikTok is interesting. I guess maybe it's like the um, the way the algorithm works, and it's noticing that there are students, and you know, I don't know what it reads off their phones. Maybe that sees that they have a geography class or GIS class, and they go, "Oh, we'll show you this video here." Right. So that's cool. Though. That's that's great that you're getting some feedback on some students on why I learn more. And it helps too, because I know I've been in a position where I'm trying to learn something or figure out how to do something and I'm reading it and I'm, it, it should make sense. But until I actually see like someone do it or see something in action, like, Oh, that makes perfect sense. Now I get it. I, I'm, I don't know what was blocking me from understanding it, just reading it, but now I get it. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm one of those people as well, where I have to, I have to see it. Yeah. And then I have but reading it and doing it is it's incredibly it's two different things entirely. Exactly. And um <laughs> talking about community too, I mean you started uh GIS Discord, right? And if I'm not wrong, you've got over three thousand members in Discord right now. That is correct. So I started the Discord um in twenty twenty. Um COVID full swing. And I had just found TikTok and I was looking at some people who were doing coding. And at that point in time, my coding skills were not great. And so I come across this guy's page and he's like, yeah, join my discord. You can help us, you know, or you can learn your, um, improve your Python skills, which is what I wanted to do. I'm like, okay, what is discord? So I joined his community and it was great. And so I found out that you can join multiple servers and I'm like, man, I wonder if there's any mapping GIS, ArcGIS servers. And so just doing like a basic search, there are mapping servers, but a lot of them are like fantasy maps, mm-hmm. like alternate reality. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Cause you still have to make the maps and like it's Lord of the Ring vibes. And I like that, but I was really looking for something more GIS. So I was like, I'm just going to make my own and see what happens. So I decided to start my own server and I pulled in two of the guys from the fantasy map server that I was in. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm making this server. Do you guys want to be my mods? I don't think anything will come of it. We might have like a hundred members it'll be a super easy server to mod. They're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. 
Um, and I think like overnight we got like 200 members wow. just from, um, but yeah, one of the mods is, uh, my main mod is still there, but again, just having a place where people can go share their work, talk about GIS things, coding, um, maps, projects, presentations. I just really wanted people to have that space because again, having a sense of community and being able to share your ideas and your thoughts um, outside of work, even though we might still be talking about your work. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's yeah, you know? super helpful. Just kind of bounce ideas off each other or you got a quick question, right? You can't quite find an answer to somewhere. It's really nice to get input from other people. That's great. Mm -hmm. it, it works out really nice. I enjoy it a lot. Oh, thank you. I'm definitely, uh, I, I don't post too often. I don't have too many questions most of the time. If I did more like mapping focused stuff, I probably would, but I'm, I'm mostly dev these days. Um, but I do try to help out too. If I ever see something I can answer, I'll drop in there or something like that. But yeah, it's nice to go in there and see what people are doing. It is. And my my favorite thing about the server is being able to see how these people have grown so like the members who have joined you know when they were finishing up school or were in school now they've graduated and they have jobs and mm -hmm. they've moved they're starting like a business and just being able to you know like these people are my friends <laughs> <laughs> oh that's like they, awesome i know them and it's it's just a good community cool all right Megan, well, i want to be respectful of your time um but i do want to ask if you have any tips, tricks, or advice for anybody listening out there? Um, I would say for anyone who is interested in doing GIS or wants to learn more about GIS or how to, you know, maybe you're looking for a job. I would just say one, things like beefing up your LinkedIn is always a good idea. Um, looking at these free courses uh, on the art catalog. They have tons of resources if you're looking for um, how to do these, some of these processes. And yeah, just being able to join these communities and ask questions. Just asking questions is gonna help you just get to know what you want to know. Awesome, thanks Megan, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Renee. Thank you for listening to The Bounty Box today. Please subscribe for more content.